just for those just listening now i mean dylan we i apparently this meeting was going on for hours and then i joined just a few minutes ago and we had all of it was done and then we asked if dylan was recording and no so i gave my best advice about five minutes ago so yeah. if you guys didn't get it i'm sorry you're screwed like seriously yeah, yeah. it was the rest it, of this is gone yeah, it was it was life changing. I mean, I, I feel like a different person after hearing it. So I'm sorry that everybody else had to miss out. I, I changed think all life. of us are we're all like changing religions. We're all like it's totally <laughs> life changing for all of us. That was how good that advice was. It's <laughs> wonderful. So I apologize that these guys have been waiting. Dylan, you you should do our intro. No, I, I like On that, that note. No, I like that. It is the intro. That that that's how I'm going to open the show. Is where I hit record and you apologized for <laughs> well, everybody missed. missing out on the, yep. the gold. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was all gold. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we we did hit record, so there we go. <laughs> well, welcome Dylan, back. Every, who are well, we talking with? Well, I was just going to introduce them. Yep. I'm on a lot of sugar, Dylan, so I need the this, this quick version. Okay. <laughs> well, Steve, we, we've had him on before. We've had Brian and Heather on before for the Utah Doe Show, and they're here with their sister event called the Sugar High Dessert Festival. And also joining us, we've got Benjamin Lee, who is their, their partner for this event. So that's who we have. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Welcome Glad back, to everybody. Yeah, glad to be here. We're excited for this. Hey, you guys inspired my donut selections, you know, because prior to my talking with you before, I was thinking I knew which donuts were good. And um, you know, you I've branched out. It's good. So, I'm glad to hear that. so yeah, and it, it wasn't even attending the event, it was from the people that did attend the event and then reading reviews and then doing my own research. And so I've been spoiled with donuts because of you. <laughs> well, that's great. Excellent. Do you have a new favorite? Yes, but I can't reveal that. <laughs> you but, can't play oh, favorites. Actually, no, but I mean, that being said, I think that every donut place provides different things. And, and mm -hmm. so you may experience one thing at one place. I grew up with Daylight Donuts down in Utah County area. Um, I really love Banbury Cross Donuts, and then I actually like there's a um, a Donut Boy, which and you yep. know I don't know if I can thank Grubhub, if I can thank my like drunk friends that got me onto that, <laughs> but like All of those above. are my donut choices at the moment. And then there's even like the Duck Donuts, and there's yeah. all those kinds of donuts. Yeah, yeah. I feel like but what I found is they all have different things that I like from them. Yeah, I was going to say, I most people will ask me, what are the best donut shops? And yeah, I have my four or five that I can name that are my favorite. But I tell them, I can go into a donut shop and I can find one that I love. Because yep. every shop does something really specific and special. You just have to find that one donut or two donuts or you know a couple donuts that they do really well. And I can always get those donuts. I agree with that. Very so true. And you're known as the donut critic. How did how did you get into donut critiquing? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a lifelong donut eater. 
like most okay. people, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it really, I, I was traveling a lot for work and I loved donut shops. So I would always just be stopping in on the local donut shops. And I thought, I've got to be docu start documenting this. And so I started document and curating lists and figuring out where the best donuts are for each of the cities I was going to or traveling or, you know, or started people started asking me. So I started doing a lot more research and that's kind of how it all came about. And then, you know, just I stopped traveling as much and I was just in Utah and I thought, okay, there's so much more to Utah than just donuts. And that's why I've really branched out into most desserts, but I've always been known as the donut critic. And so I haven't changed my name because like people just know me as the donut critic now. There you go. Gotcha. And you owned a, a pizza restaurant before? Yeah. Um, yeah. In my late twenties, I owned a pizza restaurant. I got held up at gunpoint and that was kind of the end of it. I sold it like a couple weeks later. <laughs> You're leaving out the part. Who was it that held you up at gunpoint? Oh, so it was a high school musical um, actor. He was, he wasn't <laughs> one of the main four or five, obviously. It's not like it was like uh, Zach, what's his name? Yeah. Efron. Zach Efron. Yeah. But it was, it was number like five or six on, on the, on the list. He actually had a few singing parts and a few talking parts, but he, uh, he fell on hard times after that. Did he and... sing for you when he held you up? <laughs> <laughs> he should have. That would have made it all better. And I would have been like, okay, like all yeah. forgiven. You're good. Here's another 20. Here's another yeah. 20. <laughs> and was it was your former employee? Yeah. So he yeah. worked for me for like four or five months. And the funny thing is, is he owed me money when he robbed me. So he and I just cleared <laughs> out my cash register. So he robbed me of $120 because that's all I had my cash register. And I owed him $60 on his last paycheck. So really, I think netted out to be like, yeah, 60 bucks or something like that. And I was like, man, you just oh, needed to cash that check. That's great. <laughs> yeah. well, How did you I mean, that's complicated to cash checks. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah, nobody banks anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was very true. So Ben, how did you get connected with these guys? Uh, just donut world. I, yeah. I feel like, yeah, we, we just started connecting through donuts and I showed up on one of Brian's top donut influencer lists. And, and that was right before they started the dough show and I wanted to get involved. They were, uh, starting plans and, and posting about wanting to do a big donut show. And I thought that is a genius idea. And so I helped, um, do some of their outreach and I, did some of like just volunteered for putting bags together doing some other things i judged for them that first dough show and yeah just been friends ever since yeah it's been great it's been great to share some good donut adventures even internationally now ben we've taken it international we that were both true. in mexico in june and <laughs> we, we hit some good and some really bad donut spots <laughs> was good? okay there was average and then really bad yeah uh, <laughs> Let's put it that way. If you consider a churro a donut, then yes, we hit some good spots. Right. Um, if not, then they were average to bad. So, yeah, it's been it's been great. So we, we chatted with you guys during the the first one, um, and you had the second one between then and now. Tell us about the one that that second one that was down at Thanksgiving Point, right? Yep. Yeah, Thanksgiving Point. Uh, it was in May. 
this year we ended up uh, obviously 2020 kind of didn't happen for anybody so we we postponed uh the doe show that was supposed to be in in 2020 but uh 21 we held their thanksgiving point at electric park um which was fantastic we were really happy with uh with the weather first of all um you know it's may so it could be 80 or it could be 40 um you just don't know and we, we ended up with a beautiful 75 degree day um so it was fantastic had had about a thousand people there mm -hmm. um how many shops did we end up with 23 22 23 donut shops participating this year had quite a few of them come back uh, and a handful of new ones as well so it was it was a great success we ended up raising uh just over sixteen thousand dollars for charity uh, on that yeah. event so it was it was a big success we were really happy with that and, and glad we were finally able to do it there was a lot of pent up donut demand uh because we couldn't do it in 2020. <laughs> So, so definitely we had we had a lot of fun so it was a great success yeah that first one i brought home a lot of stuff and it took <laughs> yeah. me a while to work through so yep. that, that was yep. awesome yeah, so definitely. this new one's even bigger so give us some details of like vendors and and things like that yeah ben do you want to start at all yeah um, so we um are trying to we're going to be capping probably our vendor listed about 60 so we are almost three times this last doe show so it's a, a pretty ambitious project i feel like it's been a fun ride uh, we are doubling our attendance at 2000 so that also is um really good news and really fun but at the same time like i, th I think it's just a lot of work um, but like things are coming together in a way that like just makes it super exciting. I feel like there's been a ton of support and a ton of uh, positive, um, I, I don't know how to, how to say it other than people are just jacked. <laughs> they, want, they want to come, they want to eat all the desserts. They are um, really excited about those vendors that we're announcing. We have some really big shops and then we have some really small shops. And the big shops are really good shops that most people have heard of and then the small shops are uh, some that we've kind of filtered and and found to be really awesome people just don't know about them yet so there's kind of a mixed bag of, of the different vendors that we have at this point yeah, what's because, the variety of desserts that are in there donuts but got, it, it's running the gamut right now from ice cream to to pies to uh, cooing them on to macaroons, um, baklava. baklava to Cakes, cinnamon churros, rolls, cookies. Yeah, it, candy, it runs caramels, toffee. Yep. <laughs> it's literally every popcorn. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much there. I think I think the only thing we're, you know, we're trying to work with, you know, some waffles or something else. Um, we could use a couple more chocolate shops. I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh. I don't know who you're looking at. A couple more chocolate shops. We do have a couple they, of have any chocolatiers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a couple of chocolatiers that you know that'll be there and and various if candy. I only do some. <laughs> so if you guys know of anybody, we could you know. Uh, drink vendors. Uh, I think Dylan, you had just asked about that. I, I feel like that is one that we definitely want more of i feel like drink drink vendors like especially dessert drinks like bobas and uh different types of teas or espressos yeah. i think those are uh something that we are 
actively searching for because you know you, you have all these really sweet items you need something to wash it down with so yeah definitely definitely focus. true do you guys have a favorite dessert Donuts. donuts that's a trick question <laughs> that's... i feel like that's a trap um <laughs> okay i will admit uh she makes some out of this world like lemon bars um there's a texas sheet cake brownie that you know my mom's recipe that i just would die for um you know donuts obviously are, are i don't make any of those um but say that's up there I... What do you got? I love uh, cheesecake and I love donuts. And I feel like for different reasons, like the donut can be A to Z because you can you can dress it up to be so um, big and composed and this really sophisticated dessert, or it can be as simple as a glazed donut. And I love that about it. Yeah. And then cheesecake, I just think it's just, you know, you've got a little bit of uh savoriness with like the cheese but then you can dress it up with either chocolate or fruit and so there's some diversity in, in how you can eat that dessert those are like my two favorite desserts i would say and yeah there are some good vendors that we have in utah for that i don't discriminate against any desserts <laughs> it's a sound philosophy too yeah i'm sweet tooth through and through well well, and okay, I think we did talk about this earlier. So you're going to get the rerun that you missed the first five minutes before we hit record. <laughs> but you remember saying, it. well, I mean, some of it. So we'll see if it's any good. But like what you all just talked about, like we all have our favorites of what, you know, our mom made or, or, or all those different flavors. Like you talked about the Texas cheat cake. You talked about the lemon bars but you instantly had a memory and you could probably taste that when you talked about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that all of us have different stories like that. And I think what you guys are doing is you're just selling that warm, fuzzy feeling. You are selling the sugar high. So that is exactly what you're trying to sell. Do you think that's important for people these days? Well, 100%. And like you, I was just thinking of my favorite flavors too, passion fruit. My wife and I always say every time we take a bite of passion fruit, I feel like I'm on a beach, whether it's like Hawaii or Mexico, like that is the memory and something that instantly comes to me is just like that fresh tartness sitting on a beach, just something tropical. And I think it's important because like you said, that's what you're really selling. I mean, like growing up, you know, you were always told like you're not selling a drill you're selling the hole that the drill makes and i feel like that's the, exactly the same thing with desserts like you're you're selling that moment you're selling that them reliving those tastes or the the experience experiences that they used to have but you consider a lot of our memories i mean like what you're talking about steve a lot of our memories as kids and as adults are, are built around food i mean that's you know that's kind of that that core thing that either, you know, brings people together and, and, you know, sweets, desserts, you know, whatever it is, or I think are even another level above that because there's, there's a euphoria attached with it, right? There's a, there's a sugar high, uh, you know, and that definitely, definitely selling those memories and giving people that opportunity. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. No, no movie does it better than Ratatouille. You remember when he takes that bite and it's just like that. <laughs> yes. And it takes yep. him back to when he was a, a young child. 
that's a great example. Exactly what I think of most of the time when when that memory comes up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Is that why you do what you're doing? So the, the funny thing is, is, so we talk about this with like parenting, my wife and I talk about this. So you, you either do something that your parents did or you, you go back to something because it was like a really great experience or you do the exact opposite. And I feel like I grew up with not a ton of sweets and not a ton of variety. And so it's created this insatiable desire to get the latest and the greatest the most delicious the best and like that just keeps driving me because i think i in general i grew up not having those and so i feel like i'm opposite of when i was younger if that makes sense <laughs> yes yeah i i, I kind of agree with that ben it brings me back to uh one of the rules in my house uh cereal was a staple of my childhood and still is adulthood uh, but uh, my, my, my parents had a rule uh, that you, you could, you had to have, you had sugar cereal, you had to have half and half, you had to have half sugar and half non-sugar. So you learn to make some really weird combinations of cereal. Um, they weren't smart enough to realize they could have half of a bowl yeah. of sweet and half of a bowl of not sweet, like in separate bowls, they put it together. Yeah. So I had grape nuts and, and Captain Crunch, you know, mixed together. Like that was... Ugh. Uh, yeah, but I, I not until yeah, like last year, somebody told me, "Why didn't you just eat them in separate bowls?" And I went, "I have no idea." <laughs> would have been but, a great idea back then. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a great idea. But, but I think you know we're we're definitely uh, enjoy. Like I, I I love to look on people's faces for the dough show. I mean, everybody loves donuts. If you don't, it just means you haven't found the right donut yet. Um, but the look on people's faces and just the joy and it's. Uh, you know, we're not we're not selling anything of, of excess per se. We're not asking people just to completely engorge themselves, although that may occur. But more just the the enjoyment that people have of trying, you know, different desserts. I mean, that's that's what really I find very fulfilling. You know, personally, is you get to share that because I also enjoy it, and you get to share that passion with some other, you know, with other like-minded individuals. I think I enjoy doing it because we get to know the different shop owners. Yeah. And it, you know, helps build relationships in finding those gems that you didn't know existed before. Yeah. And I love being able to, you know, show that to other people and be like, Hey, look, what's here. You didn't even know, yep. you know, there's still some that come up. I'm like, I had no yeah, idea that existed. And know. I'm like, okay, that was really good. Definitely tell everybody. So that's why I really enjoy doing it is just to build relationships with people and to show what's really around in Utah. Yeah. Cause everybody's like, Oh, there's no good food in Utah. Well, there's plenty. You just have to know where they are. Yeah. And also found. Uh, it, I'm sorry, Dylan. Have you guys found like a common theme with like some of the different shop owners? Um, like, you know, maybe they're different methodologies or they're different ideologies. Have you found anything that's consistent when you look at a chocolate shop or you look at a sweet shop or you look at a donut shop? Is there one trait that stands out to you that all of them have? It's a great question. I think I think there's like categories in it, and like I feel like it. The categories are are the people that they are looking to serve, or like they're looking mm -hmm. because, you know, some are looking to serve like on a volume crowd. You know, they there's a certain consumer that doesn't care about high quality; they want volume. And I feel like a lot of times the owner's mentality and how they approach their business is in the exact same way, because there is 
a definite difference when you meet an owner that understands high quality, wants to deliver something really special. You know, they have that like a different um, personality or a different trait about them. And I think it's just because they want to deliver something new and different or special to the consumer. And it attracts those type of people to, to that. And so I don't know, I don't know if I would say like one general one. I, I feel like there are just categories with all types of dessert shops, you know, depending on who they're targeting. I, I definitely think the passion, I think is what you're describing, Ben, you know, there's a large, I say majority of them have a, a kind of that burning passion, you know, for what it is they do, whatever their art is. Um, we see that there, there are some others that, that, treat it only like a business and it's just, you know, it's very black and white. Um, and, and that can work too, you know, not saying that it's a, you know, better or worse way, but we definitely see, I think, I think if I were to pick any common thing, it would be that, that passion, like kind of what drives them to do what they do to be the best at whatever, you know, that art or that craft is that they're doing in this case, you know, dessert. And an element I was just thinking of is, um, the, the history of what led him to get the shop, if it's, a, you know, passed mm -hmm. down through families or, you know, they met a friend and they got inspired. Have you heard any, you know, stories like that of that, you know, meeting with the different vendors? Yeah, I think there is a difference in that too. Uh, people that usually start from scratch and, you know, are striving to, create their own vision and, you know, have their own passion. It's, it's definitely a different feeling than those that have um, inherited or, you know, otherwise purchased. It's not to say that it's the wrong way to go or it's bad. It's just different. You can just tell that those that, you know, are in it from the very beginning have a different thought and, and way to approach things. I've seen some very, passionate people that have inherited their businesses and like I feel like those are just as intriguing because you know they grew up a lot of times like serving or doing like you know the dirty jobs around the the business and then to have like the reins given to them like I, I think it's just like a super interesting thing to watch or or interact with so I think it just kind of depends on where inside of like the business's journey they've been inserted Gotcha. It, you know, I'm also curious, being in the industry, um, COVID's impacted all of us, and, and especially food services. Um, it's impacted it multiple ways. So it's impacted us with vendors, like trying to find supplies. I talked, I was talking with the chocolate company, even just getting the cocoa beans from a factory or from a farm in the Ivory Coast or wherever it was, all those guys were impacted with COVID. Some of them couldn't even farm as much because they didn't have the employees to do it. At a chocolate shop or at a bakery, you know, now we're really struggling to have employees that even wanna work for us. Um, and then you have the mindset of, well, you don't pay me enough or, you know, I don't make enough money to do this. Do you think that's gonna have, what role do you think that will have on society? Yeah, I, I think the lasting impacts, I mean, she's, Heather's talked to so many of the vendors that, and for the dosho, you know, in particular, we had to work through, you know, 
a lot of staffing issues with a lot of our vendors. Um, some of them were, were able to provide just the donuts. They couldn't provide a, a person to come and you know kind of staff their table. So we've definitely seen those struggles. We've had some vendors for Sugar High that that said, yeah, we just we don't have the staff to do it. I think you staffing know, we, is one of yeah. the biggest issues with I think everybody is, you know, I talked to one of my friends who owns a shop and she's like, I can't compete with big businesses, big corporates, because I can't yeah. pay the same as a small mom and pop shop can't pay the same as a big business yeah. as a corporate business. And so she's like, we are really hurting trying to get anybody to come work for us. Because they and want I, to here. Heather, on the other hand of that, so from the vendor standpoint or the bakery, you have the employees that are impacted. What about consumers? Do you think we even understand as consumers how it's going to impact our day-to-day -day when we want to go to our favorite bakery or our, our favorite restaurant? Public. And what do you see the impact of that being? I see as a general public, we, nobody's going to realize what this is going to do for everybody because the, a lot of these shops aren't going to survive. Yeah, They can't that's, find employees. That, that's and you're going to want to go to your favorite it. shop and they're not there anymore. And you're like, oh, what just happened? Or and the other one talking to another vendor, like, yeah, I can start paying more, but now I have to raise all my prices. Yeah. And so then you go to the shop and you expect them to pay a certain price. And now they have to increase the price, you know, increase how much you're paying just to afford to have it. But, so we will see it, you know, as a general public, we will see a, an impact from that. But I also think generally a lot of these store owners are doing everything they can. And this is the part that nobody sees um, doing everything, can, everything they can to absorb all of that. Um, one vendor I have in mind in particular, you know, she had two other employees. It was her and two other employees. And, you know, she was just talking to us about the struggles because it's the same, the same two people that have to do everything. They have to, you know, do it. And it's like, I can't give them a day off. You know, I need to give them a day off. So like, these are the things behind the scenes, the struggles that as a customer, you show up, get your donuts and go home. You don't, you don't realize the struggle that's going on behind the counter um, that, you know, these people may not have had a day off for the last two months because there's, you know, there's not, they can't hire anybody else. Um, so it's, there's definitely struggles out there. But I think like what Heather said, uh, it's, we're going to start seeing more and more of those impacts. A lot of these places aren't going to make it. Yeah, I was going to say from a consumer standpoint, people, I think a lot of times view COVID as, okay, that happened, masks happened, staffing changes or, or shortages happened, it's going to go back to normal, but I don't think it's going yeah. to go back to the yeah. same level. And there's some things that are significantly changed. I mean, you can just look around and in the underlying, like Brian and Heather have said, there will be big changes and things happening that still haven't played out yet. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I love that you guys are providing an avenue though for those vendors. And and I know I need to follow up on the email too and look at it. But I think oh, wait, I just you got slammed. the email. <laughs> I mean, I think Dylan got an email. Um, I I'm just kidding. I I throw Dylan under the bus. But um, you know, but I think that's I was CC'd. You were on it. <laughs> Dylan read it. <laughs> Did Dylan send the read receipts? Because I've learned to turn those things off. Do not send read receipts. But, right. uh, um, no, but I just think that, you know, all that's impacting me just as, this, as we're talking about all these other businesses. I, I'm seeing the same thing. Yeah. And I kind of agree, Ben, that I think that, you know, what what the hell is normal? And, you know, yeah. like, what is, what's pre-COVID anymore? Um, and and whether it was COVID or whether it was like you know a civil war and, and wherever that grows vanilla beans, um, you know it it all of that's going to trickle down. 
And I think we as consumers have been really dumb to that. Like uh, as far as like, we just expect the hamburger to be there. We don't expect like the process of how we get the hamburger or the, or the milk or the chocolate milk or any of that. And um, I kind of yeah. like what you're doing because it gives that. And the whole point of what all of us are trying to do is to sell that warm, fuzzy feeling. And, you know, so that all of us have like good experiences. And I think that that's value for our communities. So yeah. thank you for helping the education part as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think that was one of the kind of the impetus for us starting the Doe Show was being able to showcase those vendors, you know, to give them that platform that they can use, you know, to, to get their product, get themselves in front of more people and taking that, that idea and that concept and, and using it for Sugar High as similar, uh, you know, like Heather said, and Ben said, there's a lot of, a lot of vendors that nobody's ever heard of. Um, they're, you know, either they're home-based bakers or they're just small, you know, starting out, um, trying to build that platform that'll get them, get them some exposure and, you know, hopefully help their business. Um, tell us a little bit about the schedule. You've got it broken up into three different, uh, sessions, the event. Yeah. Oh, and where people can find it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, schedule wise, we're, we're still working on the schedule. We may end up just with two sessions, but there's a VIP session that, uh, people, it would, it would be wise of them to, to go after VIP tickets. Um, you get, you get in the door first, uh, it's a smaller crowd than the general admission. You get some extra treats and some extra swag. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like showing up early to the party and there's not that many other people there yet. Yeah, you get more more guarantee of hitting some of the, the popular shops and the popular yeah. treats because there there's you know limited quantities obviously and so like you yep. want to definitely get there first. That's yep. one thing that I mean, we've never really talked about this on our social media or anything, but as we have our vendors coming in, you know we are selling two thousand tickets, but we didn't ask our vendors to bring two thousand samples because there's no way you can get rid of all of them, especially if there's you know VIP gets forty sample tickets, they're not going to go see all sixty vendors. And so we've asked our vendors to bring, you know, about 1200 samples so that they will run out at some point, yeah, some of you them know, will. some of them will run out, um, especially some of the more popular ones, yep. you know, and so some people, if you don't get that VIP ticket, you're probably guaranteed you're probably won't get to try yeah. those, but you know, there'll be other vendors to try. Yeah, definitely so, plenty of samples to go around. Yeah, plenty of samples. <laughs> maybe not your favorite shop, but uh, yeah. So then, then it starts at one o'clock on that Saturday, the 16th of October, um, at the uh, South Town, I still call it South Town, Mountain America <laughs> Expo Center. Still, I call it the Delta Center still. So, I yeah. Know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, but yeah. And, and, then, what, and the website and the social media too. Sugarhighevents.com. Uh, social media is sugar.high.events on, on Instagram. Instagram. And uh, Facebook, just search for Sugar High, uh, Sugar High Events, and you'll find it there. What am I missing, Ben? Um, no, I think that kind of hit it. I, I think that if you follow along Instagram, like you're going to get all the news and the updates, yeah. um, we do have an event page on Facebook, so you yep. can have reminders sent to you as well. So that's super helpful for people as, cause I I'm one that forgets if I don't have a reminder or something telling me yeah. like when I have an event coming up, I just space it until the day before. And I was like, Whoa, Oh yeah. I forgot about that. So. Yep. Yeah, so oh, we're, we're, GA we're, starts at two thirty. Two thirty, yeah. So yeah. VIP gets in, the doors open at one p.m., and then general admission uh, will start coming in about two thirty. So, 
Um, I guess one other reminder that you could add is is bring your stretchy pants. Like we don't have a <laughs> definitely. We we don't have a dress code other than probably you know casual. So you, so like you can definitely eat whatever you want. <laughs> casual and elastic waistbands. Yes. Yeah. You know, even GA, you get twenty five yeah. bite size samples, so you could try it's, you know a little sample from twenty five different places. It's still and trust a lot. me, I've I've tried it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we went to an event where they did have bite size, and I'm amazed at how fast you can fill up. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is possible. Got to pace. Got to you pace yourself. Yep. And, and what's the pricing between the VIP and the regular? Uh, VIP tickets are forty five dollars. Uh, they they come with right now. They come with forty sample tickets and all the other fun stuff we talked about. Our general admission prices are thirty dollars. And it comes with 25 sample tickets. You still get a you know take home bag and all that, but you really don't get VIP bragging rights. So that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> now, before we jump into the bonus questions, um, share a memorable donut or dessert experience, like a certain shop somewhere or you know something like that. Well, and as they were talking earlier, or maybe a horrible donut experience. There we go. <laughs> There's plenty of those. So, I mean, it, either or. Ben, you want to go first? Um, actually, just maybe it's because the post that you um, had today, Brian, but we were driving in Mexico and, <laughs> and we saw this donut vendor just off to the side of the road and just had these big fluffy donuts like just it looked like the most amazing stuff that you could make if you're a donut lover and i was just so excited and we stopped and that first bite was just immediate disappointment i mean i don't know if you've ever had that with a donut where it looks so good and looks like it has the most potential yeah it is just not what you think and that yeah that, that was the one that came really up bad and it was, was bad uh, I think for for one of my uh, most memorable would probably be one of the most unique donuts I've had. Uh, it was actually at another donut festival in Dallas. Um, one of the vendors uh, put together a shepherd's pie donut. And it was literally weird. Yeah, literally everything in shepherd's pie you, you could expect from the green beans to the corn to the cheese to the mashed potatoes on a donut. And I you know, immediately it was like, nope, like this isn't for me, but um, probably was coaxed into you being a judge. You have, yeah, to. I was judging of that one. So I kind of had to, you know, I had to make good on that. So, um, but surprisingly it was very good. It, it still, you know, had the savory aspect to it. Um, uh, but just not what I expected. You know, that, that one, that one will always stick with me because you see literally it's like your mom's shepherd pie, you know, on top of a donut. It's like, this should not happen. And I passed on that one. Yeah. I she didn't she it, passed so. on. It's, it's, top of the list of things that should never happen yet it you know turned out pretty well so. you did have one balsamic vinegar on it too so yeah there's balsamic vinegar that was that was new i don't know about uh, that okay. so do those taste go together sweet and savory yeah i, I mean I, ben you love you know there's there's a good way to do maple bacon you know that's a very popular one so the sweet and savory definitely can work um yeah but there's, there's limits <laughs> Yeah, there's limits uh, for sure. There's a place in uh, Miami, now one in Texas called the Salty Donut, and they do a really good balance of salt and sweet. And that, that's the thing is, 
I do think sweet and savory go together. And I, I feel like the shops that don't understand that and that are just over the top sweet, you, it's one of those where you only can have a few bites of a donut and then you're done. But those that get it, I can eat four or five of those donuts because they balance them so well with a little bit of salt to, to go with that sweet. Yeah. Very true. Have any of you guys had a donut burger or the donuts, mm -hmm. the buns to the burger? How are they? Uh, for me, it was messy. I mean, the donuts don't, if it's, if it's truly a, you know, a fried donut, um, they tend not to hold up as well. So you either have to eat it fast or just plan to, to make a mess out of it. Um, but yeah, I've had the one from Cheddar Burger. They, they used to, I'm not sure if they still have it on their menu, but they, I don't yeah, think they, they do. Used, uh -uh. They got rid of it a couple of years ago. Got it. Yeah. But it, that, that, that's a great way to go. There's plenty of variations of it, but a play on the sweet and savory still, but donuts as buns, just the struggle, you know, <laughs> not, not built for that. Yeah. I, I had the KFC one that they did what a year ago on the chicken sandwich. Oh and yeah. I think, <laughs> I think the hardest thing for those two as well is that they have to source the donuts. And when you get frozen thawed donuts, like you're just, you're not setting your sandwich up for a yeah. success. Yeah. It's immediately going to be a failure <laughs> or you have to source it from somebody locally and which sometimes works out, but it's hard. Is there a proper timeline on when to eat the donut by? <laughs> that, sure. Is there like an hour, six hours, 12 hours, two days? Now, Steve, that these are all very specific because each shop is different. I think Bambi, very advanced question, Steve. <laughs> yeah. There's there's Bam a lot of science here. Yeah. I can Bambi's only eat them so fast. So I need to know where to go for the dirt. So Bambury like a, is really good for the first day, and then their cinnamon crumb is good the next day. But if you're going camping or if you're going to eat them two or three days later go to Fresh Donut and Deli on 2700 South and State Street. Their donuts are the best the next day or like, you know, in like two days or three days. Like yep. they just hold up so much better than most other donuts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hit and miss. Some of them are, some of them are even better, you know, than fresh mm -hmm. the next day, um, surprisingly. But yeah, timeline, Steve, I don't know. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, donut, really. boy, that, it's tough because I, you know, we've hit donut shops in the afternoon, you know, and you know that they were made at four or five in the morning and yet at two or three in the afternoon, they're still fantastic. So, but there's other places where they haven't been. So it's, uh, that's a, that's definitely a tough question. You'll have to do some research, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, that's that's all I'm good at eating donuts, <laughs> ice cream, chocolate. Love that's it. my research. And sugar cookies. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> the cream cheese sour sour cream sugar uh, cookies. Very good. That sounds good. Yeah. Has to be cream cheese. The because of the tart and the sweet, I go with that. So that's a good combo. And I think I can eat three of them and it's not as sweet as like, I don't know, the common ones that you can buy at those soda places. Those are not my thing for sugar cookies. Yeah. I like a, I like a little tart. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> Should we... How did we get to that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Now you brought soda places into it and I don't know where to go with it. <laughs> 
Yeah. But actually, I, okay, the place to go is all of us have different tastes and different things that we, we like. Some of my friends I hang with, I'm like, where in the hell did you grow up? Because your tastes suck. And I'm like, I do not know. How do you like that? And then there's some friends, you know, that I have that have a refined taste. And my, yeah. my theory is all of them are right. It just sure. depends on us. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very true. No, I'm a I'm a relativist in general, but especially in dessert. Like I have a hard time telling somebody that something they're eating is like really gross because the same thing, like they have different backstories and their tastes have been developed. And so to them, that is like the best dessert. And so I have a hard time when people ask me, hey, tell me where to go when I'm in, you know, Provo. And it's like, well, I'll tell you where I go, but yeah. I don't know your exact preferences because what you like may not match with what I like. It's, it's difficult. All very true, yeah. except, except for Ube. Except for matcha. Ube. Matcha. Sorry, matcha. not Ube. It was matcha. 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 I still cannot get behind matcha. Yeah. Still not a favorite. Oh, at our shop. Okay. My my father was an influence of our shop, but my grandmother taught him how to dip chocolate. Our caramel recipe is passed down from her. Um, when we opened, we had a plain caramel and the salted caramels were a new concept. I still remember when we first made our salted caramels, it wasn't until about 2006, 2007-ish that we made our first like um, salted caramels. They are one of our best sellers. And yeah. my father and all of that generation think they're shit. Like they just do not get that anybody would do this. And we ruined and, you know, grandmother's rolling in her grave because we messed up her caramel recipe by adding salt to it. Yeah. And, yeah, I I agree. I think that yeah, we all have amazing flavors and different tastes. And and it's trendy. Like there are trends too. Like I I believe that not everything is delicious all the time. I feel like there are seasons and trends and things like that that just hit. I mean, that's why pumpkin I think starts here, but pumpkin like drinking or eating pumpkin something in April just does not appeal to me at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And eating a peep at Christmas time doesn't appeal to you either. Oh, well, I like peeps actually. Maybe that maybe that's what we need to do. We need to do a mashup where every holiday we eat the opposite holiday dessert. You know, wouldn't that be that would be kind of fun? So for Easter, eat uh, pumpkin spice. And yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And fall, we're gonna we're gonna have peeps and. This, and this sounds else. like a fun series, actually. I think I think this could be a yeah. fun Yeah, we could really do something with that. I am so not going to be the taste tester on that, but I will judge. I will judge okay. without tasting. I will just... <laughs> you'll judge, judge people type. or you'll be a judge. Yes. <laughs> hey, I'll do both. I will judge people on what they're eating and I'll do all that. <laughs> Excellent. Well... It, I guess we can do our bonus questions. Um, the All first right. one is, what does creativity mean to you? Ben? Take it, Ben. I think creativity is, is just letting out your inner thoughts and emotions and everything. I, I feel like it's not necessarily creating. And, and, I, and I say this, I actually work for a Ben, Adobe, you so. should have warned your coworker 
Finn, okay, first off, you should have warned your prior employee that robbed you after singing that, like, maybe creativity should not have been, like, going and then robbing the store that you worked for while wearing your high school musical, like, outfit. Well, that's the funny thing is, okay, so do you guys remember the commercials for Svarnik and Bill, the, the anti-smoking commercials? Yeah. So he was, he was one of those guys. So he was the poofy-haired one with the sword fights and stuff like that. Oh, man. And so he came in with like a ponytail. So his his creativity for like harnessing that hair just wasn't there. Like he should have done something more creatively (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Harnessing the hair. We need to really know what he's talking about. Would harness the hair. I don't know this concept. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> ben, that's going to be one hair, of your quotes now. If you see his hair, you need to harness the hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's going in the logbook for famous quotes. Okay, sorry, I totally messed up your train of thought. Yeah, you know, back back to Adobe. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> no, so I work. I work for Adobe, and everything we do is is talking about creativity. And I feel like creativity isn't necessarily creating something. To me, creativity is like expressing or like letting out what you have inside it, and that how that is displayed in like the medium, like paints, food, you know, chocolates, whatever. Like that's how it's like displayed. But like a lot of times, it's just like that what you have inside that just comes out. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I, I think creativity, at least for me, is um, uh, largely driven by procrastination um, in that I can come up with some really cool shit on very short notice. Um, but if I'm you know, left to my own devices, I will you know, put it off and put it off and then, then voila, it turns into something amazing. But um, Thanks for a very stressful marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for events. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got plenty of time to build all these things. <laughs> but but I I do like what Ben said. It, um, it, you know, it's, it's who you are. Go ahead, Brian. At our Katie Katie is known for like she she will she has your your method, and so she'll just be like you know it just has to get done you know just it just has to. And I know we had a wedding cake that like, you know, she started to worry about it like the day before. And then, you know, by like 3 a.m. She's like, well, it just has to get done because it Mm -hmm. just has to. And and, well, I mean, she always got it done. But that was our that was our joke is like, yeah, Kate, we're five minutes till, but it's got to get done. So we just have (laughs) to do it. Like, yeah, there's no option otherwise. That's right. So I think you're probably always going to pull it out, even if you do that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worked well for me. <laughs> and it's probably a good balance for both of you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yes. Sure. I think so. Going on 20 years. I think we figured it out. I think we figured it out. Harness the hair, Brian. Harness the hair. Harness the hair. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I'm gonna send you a picture of this hair and you guys are gonna wanna absolutely. Yeah, please do. Please do. So you All guys right, what else you, you guys got been married home? 20 years? Are we coming around 20? Let's see. Three, four, oh, yeah, like 19 coming oh, up. 19. Yeah. yeah, me and my wife, it's 20 years next month. So oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. It's crazy. Time flies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. 
I'm the only one that messes up marriage. So I'm the only one that's like, nobody could put up with me that long. <laughs> if if I make 20 years in a marriage, I'm going to be like 100. At least. <laughs> I those odds probably aren't looking so good. Every yin needs a yang. So that's right. That is true. <laughs> that is true. All right. The next bonus is who is your favorite Muppet and why? Cookie Monster. <laughs> um, Cookie Monster. I, I say that because uh, that was one of the childhood realizations that crushed me uh, was when I, I don't know if I figured it out or somebody said it, but I realized that the Cookie Monster doesn't actually eat the cookies. He's chomping them up and chomping them up, but they're all falling out of his mouth on the ground. And when I realized that it was, it was, it was a pivotal moment in my life. Um, you know, bad or good, I don't know, but uh, Cookie Monster still is my, my favorite. The Hensons didn't put a, a hole in the back for it to fall through. Mm -hmm. so it, yep, it all came out the front. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Because in must come out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it might be like Rizzo the rat. Like I just loved like the Muppet Christmas Carol and I just feel like, like yeah. he's just like the sideshow and it just makes me like laugh every time. Like the, that's definitely like my favorite part of it. So. Yeah, love Rizzo. And then in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Hey, wait, Heather. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. I just got just ignoring <laughs> no, me. I wanna know Heather. <laughs> Heather's going, who the crap are the Muppets? <laughs> I have no idea. When we met, she hadn't watched what was it, Rocky? She hadn't watched any of the Rocky movies. She's probably watched one now. Um, I've never watched Rocky two yet. You can skip two, go to four. That's probably. I haven't watched like yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, she hasn't seen any of Star Wars. Any of that? The Creeds anyway. are good. So the, <laughs> the Muppets. I, I know who the Muppets are. And the Ewoks could have been like a Muppet. You can yeah. count those as a, as a Muppet. Yeah, I would take Ewoks then. They're cute. <laughs> Sesame Street. <laughs> gremlins. It could be a gremlin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Gremlins are gross. <laughs> no answer. I have no answer. I have no, no idea. <laughs> so the movie of your life, who would you who would play you? Is the last one. I remember this question last time. What did I say? I don't know. What did you say? I don't remember. Catherine Hebert? No. Um, uh, who would play you? Uh, Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anthony Edwards. Just because they look alike. Well, yeah. Very much. That's what he told me he looked like when we met. Yeah. We met online. Yep. Met online. And she's, she's like, I had never yeah, seen I, a picture of him. He said, I look like Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Okay. It's the, the ER days. In the ER days. This is in the ER days. He looks different now. But when he was yeah, on at the least ER. he didn't catfish you and just, it, it wasn't true. So, that's true. Yeah, it was spot on. It was. It was very spot on. I knew exactly I had, who he was. I had the glasses and everything. When I walked in the restaurant, I knew exactly who he was. Yeah. So, yeah. Can, can I say Shia LaBeouf, but like five yeah. years ago? Like not the current yeah. Shia LaBeouf, like five years ago, maybe? A great maybe. pick. Absolutely. I could see that. Um, so, figure out who it was. Who would play me? I don't have no idea. Um, who is a dark haired gal in Devil's Wear Prada? Anne Hathaway? Yeah. Okay. That's what I suggest. Okay. She's hot. I'll take it. She's hot. <laughs> and Anne Hathaway is hot too. So. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, 
let's recap all the details for everybody. Um, tickets go on sale Friday. This will be out Monday. Okay, so, so they're on sale now. Hopefully there's some left. Yeah, maybe I should release this on Friday. <laughs> you could. Uh, but yeah, where, where can people get tickets and find out details? Uh, SugarHighEvents.com. Uh, yep, we get tickets there, take you to Eventbrite. Um, they're handling all our ticket sales. But uh, it's uh, the event's October 16th, Saturday, um, running from about one to five, or depending on when everybody gets tired from eating. So, uh, sugar coma, sugar coma, carb coma. Um, yeah, we'll have 50 over fit, well over 50 vendors there offering samples. And uh, you can also buy, um, you know, prepackaged, full size, whatever, you know, dessert type you like to, to take home to the family. So, big, uh, big party to celebrate sugar and all things sweet. And you know, there'll be some fun displays. Oh, yes. You have Ben and Brian, there'll be fun displays there. Yeah, Ben has a giant chocolate bar in his living room now. So, yep, six foot chocolate. What? Yep. <gasps> <gasps> Maybe you should have that. that in the background. That should be your background from now on. That should have been the background. I should. I, I'll put it up now. Like, and yeah, I'll yeah. do it next time. <laughs> I want to. Maybe I want one of those. Okay, yeah. let's see those things. <laughs> it's only like what, a hundred pounds, Ben? Yeah. This one was only hundred. Like I wanted to build it, and it was going to be like three hundred fifty pounds, and I could justify it. But yeah, it's hundred pounds. It's fun one. You have to send it when you send the hair pick. Send a pick of the chocolate bar as well. well okay, I'll send both of them. <laughs> hashtag harness the hair. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, it. thank you, Ben. It was very nice to meet you. And you guys, it was great yeah, to was talk to you and see you again. Yes. This has been fantastic. We love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will respond to the email. Okay. I'm right on top of that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll anxiously wait for it then. <laughs> Steve, we're waiting. Come on. Respond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, it, I'll, I'll, I'm it on it. I'm, I'm on it. it it, I'm oh wow, this connection is like slowing up. Really bad. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Have thank a good you. one. You too. All right, bye. Bye. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>